Before we start this week's episode of Just Saying, we'd like to introduce you to our Riveter. What began as two military spouses armed with a big idea, a sewing machine, and a canvas has grown into a bold movement that provides portable careers to military spouses. To learn more and shop these handcrafted bags, please visit ourriveter.com. Use code BRIEF at checkout for 15% off all signature collection items. Welcome to the podcast, Just Saying. My name is Joe McCormick, and I'm your host. And today we are going to have me read an inspired essay called The Quiet Workplace. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. Really happy that you're here. And if you've been here before, I'm excited, elated that you're back. Um, As you may know, I've written a book called Brief, Make a Bigger Impact by Saying Less, and also a book called Noise, living and leading when nobody can focus. And I've started a business called The Brief Lab where we help people become lean communicators or clear and concise communicators, more intentional. What you say matters. And if you've listened to the podcast and gone through the episodes, they're short. And the points are practical, simple, and personal. So I, I'm. it's just me talking to you. And, and many of you who are listening to the podcast, I know, I've met. In other ones, I have not, but it's just me having a conversation with you about what matters when it comes to how, communi- how you communicate. And um, I wanted to share with you an essay that I wrote, and it was inspired this summer. So if you, uh, um, one evening, I was sitting on my porch, and I uh, was out there and just kind of hanging out and just thinking about different things. And, and I think a lot about the workplace and the environment that you know people work in and we're going through this massive change in society right now where where people work and how people work are, are really really changing and it's over the years this has been changing but in the last two years um, it has massively changed where people were didn't go back to work and they work from home and for many people this was a completely a novelty it was surprise. It was unexpected. It was a life-changing moment. And I've I've worked remotely in hybrid environments for over twenty years. So in that regard, I was an early adopter. Um, I've worked out of my house. I've worked on the road. I've worked in multiple offices. Uh, I remember working at an agency where I. Um, had to convince them to let me work from home on Fridays because as a senior vice president, it would just be like, no, you have to be in the office every day. And I'm like, yeah, but I have a three-hour commute every day. And I have dial-up into our servers and our email. And by the time the managing director of the office didn't even know what that was. And, and I'm like, I can check email. She was surprised. And I can get everything done. I've got a phone. I mean, I, I've got con- I mean, I can do conference calls. I can, I'm not going to miss a beat because at the time, you know, Thank goodness I was valuable. She agreed. And that changed my life because now I'm working from home on Fridays. And the three hours I save times four was 12 hours or more a month in commuting time. And then Friday afternoon would come by and and uh, and I'm five o'clock. I'm done. I don't have to race to get on a train and do that ordeal to get home at night. And I've always liked working remotely. And, and the concept of being hybrid 
is, is, is it was it worked for me and it, it worked for a lot of people, but a lot of people it was like it wasn't an option. And boom, now all of a sudden people are working from home and everybody's working from home and nobody's going into work. And I remember having a is right during the right in the heart like the the, the thick of the pandemic, talking to um, a, a very very senior leader, the, actually the director of a large agency, a three letter agency in. Uh, in Washington D.C., about just the effect of this situation on people, and and you know, I was giving him some perspective of what our other clients were saying, and and he he valued my opinion. So we we're talking about stuff, and I said, "Listen, you just gave everybody a, a huge employee benefit; and you can't take it back." And he's like, "What do you mean?" I'm like, "Well, they sit in the Beltway, and and they're stuck in traffic. It takes them hours to get to work, and they just to live in a place. And now you're like, you don't have to do that anymore." Now, I understand that working from home is not ideal for a lot of people, but for a lot of people it was because nobody loves sitting in traffic. And, you know, it's, it's changed a lot of things, how we work, where we work, the way we work, and now this is all coming into question because we just did a massive social experiment where everybody experienced it, and a lot of people are like, I don't like sitting in a cubicle. I don't like having to show up there at 8 o'clock and being there to 5. If I can get the work done in a different place and at a different time, why do I have to do that? And it's a fair question for a lot of people. The technology exists. Uh, the pervasiveness, the connectivity, certainly we've built that whole infrastructure. That all exists. So why can't I? And the answer is you can. But but I want you to come back to work. And now we've got this whole debate of the evolution of hybrid work. And But the bottom line is... Um, it's changing dramatically. The workplace is rapidly changing. So this summer, I had—I was just inspired. I, you know, I've written a book called Noise, and in Noise is about the environment we live in, and it's a very noisy environment, and the workplace is very noisy, and it's there's a lot going on, and there's a lot of distractions and disruptions, and technology, and open floor spaces, and in and they don't work. There's research is coming, you know, that that experiment to like. You know, foosball tables and beanbag chairs and free snacks and stuff. I mean, people don't. I mean, if you're like, well, I don't have to sit and commute in a, in a. You give me all the beanbag chairs in the world. If I don't have to sit in a three hour commute for three hours a day, I'm I'm in, or whatever. So the you know open floor plans don't work. You know, I remember going to a uh, a bank in Chicago one of my clients, and it was a guy who was a vice president of marketing, so pretty senior guy in this bank. And I'm like, where's your office? He's you know he laughed at me. He's like, what do you mean? Where's my office? He's like, I haven't had an office for two years. I go, where do you meet with people? He goes, I don't know. Let's see if we can find somewhere to meet. And it was just this chaotic, open, you know, layout of everybody talking. And I, I'm like, how do you guys get any work done? So the open f- work, floor plan doesn't really work. Um, you know, hybrid's here to stay. Remote's here to stay. People, once they've tasted that, many people are like, I want it. You can't. Some organizations have said, we're just going to go forever in a remote workforce, and that's just changed that forever. People want to choose. Professionals want to choose when they're on and when they're off. You know, this whole 24-7, you can call me any time of the day and night. I'm getting text alerts as noise for a lot of people. You know, I, do I want to really get an email on a Saturday morning saying, you know, no. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm off, off the grid. People want to choose when they're on and when they're off, but they can't. Um, wellness is an issue. It's not just productivity. It's wellness. You know, people, um, you know, there's a lot of issues about anxiety and depression and worry and concern. Well, if you're talking to me and you're constant consuming noise, information and disruptions and devices 24-7, I mean, it's, no, it's not, not a huge surprise that that's going to weigh people down. So all that was the backdrop of this 
essay that I wrote in an inspired moment. And I don't didn't write it about myself, so it was written in the in the first person, but it was kind of about myself, but just thinking about the people that I know and the and the things that they go through on a day-to-day basis and how this is all rapidly changing. Um, so I'd like to, if I could, read this to you. And I'll give you some further like, ways you can get a copy of it if, if you want to have a copy of it. So here it goes. It's called the, the Quiet Workplace. Every morning, I dread my morning commute. It's not the traffic or time wasted as much as what awaits me once I finally get there. It's not the people, really. They're nice, welcoming, and usually helpful. You see, there's so much careless movement, undirected action, useless words, and pointless posturing. My mind immediately and constantly races to find something to latch onto, to gauge where I'm supposed to be going, only to see myself and others chasing our tails more frequently than heading forward. My brain starts feeling the incessant abuse of a barrage of noise, that I can never get to clarify or direct, but only get more distracted and divided. The environment is far from quiet. I don't mean one of pure silence like a library, but one filled with energy, purpose, and pauses. If it were equated to a journey, there would be as much time set aside for planning, rest, and recovery, not just always trudging along, because that is what we do. When there's a cacophony of activity, we trudge along and equate that with moving forward. When it's not quiet, we never stop to look back at the wasted efforts invested in our twists and turns and rarely look far enough forward to set our sights on what's better, different, or next. When the environment is not quiet, we don't ask questions. We just keep on talking and walking. And that takes a toll on me. I feel frustrated more than fulfilled, and it's tiring. I want to leave where I work, but I'm stuck. Where would I go anyway? Home or to a park? Take a long walk? Maybe. But what if my workplace gave me a different space? A place to think a little or a lot. Not somewhere that's basically thoughtless. A place where I could feel a sense of balance, connection, and purpose not corporate callousness. A place where I could often do what's challenging and meaningful, not frequently what's useless. That would sound great to me. That would sound less like the droning of a loud machine. That would really sound more like a rhythmic, melodic hum. Much more human, way more humane. That would be the quiet workplace And I would love heading there every day. So that's it. That's this essay that I wrote this summer, inspired. It just came to me. I was just sitting outside and I'm like, what is wrong with the workplace? And what's wrong with it is that part of it's flawed is that we people, when they need to think, have nowhere to go. They have nowhere to go. If you want to read or stop and think for a minute, it looks weird. Everybody in an open layout is looking like, what's wrong with Joe? Why is he sitting there reading a book or thinking? He should be moving and doing and talking. Yeah, sometimes. But other times, 
I should be thinking. I mean, what we teach at the Brief Lab sounds obvious, but people don't do it. Think and then say something. Think and then write something. But the question is, is when and where do you have the quiet to think? And in the modern workplace, it looks odd when a person's thinking because it looks like they're doing nothing, and that's not true. So when you look at and when we look at what's changed with the workplace, when a person's working remotely, when they're really enjoying it, what, what's happening? Fewer distractions, fewer disruptions. Yeah, now the tendency is, well, we'll get on a Zoom call every five minutes. No, give people a break. You don't have to always be running around. Okay, so it's like people want to be able to choose, and there's got to be moments for them to, to, to think, and then they, I'm off camera, I'm in a quiet place, I'm in a place where I can think, I can concentrate. So one of my key takeaways is concentration is, in fact, more valuable than collaboration. But we've been pushing collaboration on people forever. And what that does is it creates a talk-to-talk culture, which is wasteful. It's what inspired me to write Brief. It's not because I don't want people to talk. But when information is pervasive and anybody can say anything at any time to anybody, we create noise. Because people can't consume all that at once. And there's this illusion of, yeah, we can. We can. It's abusive to the brain. We need moments of silence, quiet. And we need quality communication. So how do you get that? In part, we have to start looking at this beautiful moment we're in right now as an opportunity to redesign the workplace, give people a choice. And that's what inspired me to write The Quiet Workplace as an essay. So if you want a copy of the essay, I've created a little microsite, a simple microsite that you can go. It's called thequietworkplace.com. There's a little PDF, what I just wrote. You just go there and put your name on there and you Hit submit. I'm not going to spam you with a bunch of stuff. It's just to give you access to the document. You can download the PDF and you can print it out and you can share it with somebody or put it on your wall or crumple it up and throw it in the garbage. I don't really care. You can do whatever you want. I just wanted to share it with you today. Um, But it was inspired and I wanted to share this inspiration with you today in the podcast. And when I think about it, I'm looking forward uh, to what's to come in the workplace. I'm really looking forward to it. Um what's better and I think what's better for people is wellness and productivity and being thoughtful and intentional getting work done that's fulfilling being around people that really satisfies you not being stuck in a meeting all day long um, so I'm really looking forward to what's what's to come in the workplace and what's better I really am and I promise you I promise you I'm not looking back just saying <laughs>